We have been sent here because Dean Fallon has lost his cat. And Warren G. Harding himself wanted to meet that cat when he visits the campus next week. We're all... Stop. I'm just talking. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us in our percentile vice. We are playing Call of Cthulhu and we are working through the scenario Mr. Corbett from Chaosium's Mansions of Madness. Uh, I'm Steve. I'll be your keeper tonight and I'm joined by... I'm Emily. I'll be playing Alice Green. I'm John. I'm playing Jackson Morris, the cowboy bootlegger. Cowboy bootlegger. Don't you wish, you know, like we had little taglines to follow after? Yeah. I'm Steve. I'm the keeper. And that's it. And yeah. I could. I did in the beginning. I said antiquarian, but it became very hard to say antiquarian over. It's kind of hard to listen to. It's I'm rough. That. <laughs> so I stopped. Antiquarian. Antiquarian. Because I can't say it normally. I have to say aquarian. <laughs> so... Yeah. In advance, thank you for all the beautiful cat steak fan art. Yeah. That'll be incoming any day now. Yeah, we're patiently waiting for our inbox to just flood. So <laughs> that's a good segue into uh, a recap of Recaps. where we're at. So Alice and Jackson chilling on a Sunday afternoon look out the window and they see Alice's cross the street neighbor. Mr. Corbett, mm-hmm. who she remembers as a kindly young man from from her preteen and teen years, um, he pulls up, pulls a couple oddly shaped canvas wrapped packages out of his trunk and walks up to his house. As he's fumbling with his keys, one of the packages drops, the long cylindrical one. looks Mm like maybe a shape of a small baseball bat. And when it drops and hits the front porch, the the canvas wrapping falls open. And from across the street, you see what looks like the small forearm and hand of a baby. Right. He quickly wraps it back up and looks to see if anybody was had noticed, darts inside the house. You see some lights come on, see a light come on in the basement, and then curtains quickly drawn. Um, and you guys decide, hey, you know, you want to figure out what's going on with the neighbor. Best bet is just go over and say, hey, dude. Did I just see a baby's hand drop out of your, uh, yeah. your package? So across the street you went <clears throat> to talk to him. But there, in the heat of the moment, right there face-to-face with dear old Mr. Corbett, Alice Green could not bring herself to ask a question that might sound accusatory. Really great. So she couldn't come to the point where she could say, what was that package? So they just kind of let it drop. The kind of old man gave you a basket of fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. from his garden. Uh, you went back to your house and thought, hey, why don't we like maybe wait a little while and then 
We'll go check it out. You also went and talked to the next door neighbor, the neighborhood busybody, Miss Harriet, mm -hmm. next door. Harriet Hart. Who didn't really tell you a whole lot more than you already knew. Um, she didn't tell you she's occasionally gotten a piece of mail of his, mostly like horticulture magazines, uh, which explained the luscious greenhouse and mm -hmm. the vegetables he gives out to everybody. But later that night, after the sun has gone down, you guys decide to do a little uh, investigation of his property. And <laughs> keeping a lookout on the street, yep. Jackson, um, Alice keeps a lookout on the street, and Jackson goes... Traipsing around the backyard, around the house, looking for something. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier that day when you were getting information from Harriet, um, Jackson had slipped into the greenhouse to see what was what was up there and see if he could see anything. And found some odd plants, grabbed a couple of leaves and pressed them into his journal mm -hmm. of uh, plants he'd never seen before. Um, but at night, sneaking around the house, he goes to peer into the window of the only lit room, the front uh, room of the house, and he is immediately noticed by Mr. Corbett, who comes out of the house. Or what are you doing, you know, skulking around my house and in my bushes? To which Jackson innocently replied, I am chasing a cat that whipped through my house and stole the steak right off my plate. Uh, As you do. Right. Right. A skeptical look ensued from Mr. Corbett and a really pathetic... Um, fast uh, talk roll. Fast talk roll left Mr. Corbett still not believing it. So Jackson spread the bushes and said, oh, look right here. And there, miraculously on the ground behind the bushes was a very fresh piece of Recently cooked, partially eaten steak. Uh, how the universe turns, we don't know, because there was no cat. There was no stealing of a steak off of Jackson's plate. But lo and behold, there was a steak in the bush. Some outer god, elder god, like just really likes Jackson and was just like throwing him a bone. Probably one of those trickster gods that really likes messing with him. Yeah. Maybe Niall Arthotep decided like, like, hey, I'm going to spice things up a little bit here. Throw a steak in there. Like that's what they do with their lazy Sunday afternoons. Like no cosmic horror. They're just like, I'm going to screw with some people's lives and just like make things happen. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah. Great so, luck uh, roll. <laughs> The next morning, uh, he went off to work, and Alice, she went over and took a an antique doily press. doily press over to keep the busybody Miss Harriet engaged while Jackson attempted to make entry into the house. He found the basement window in the front of the house. 
unlocked. And he went in, and when he went in, he saw this strange, skittering creature with the head of a woman, and where her ears would be, two small arms jutted out, and where her neck and body would be, a single leg. And between that one leg and those two arms, this woman head was skittering around in the place. Uh, it was a really nice game, though. Yeah. And one nice leg. <laughs> it was a great gam. Poor Campbell. <laughs> Upon seeing this, Jackson jumped back for a second, hit his head on the window, causing a small crack in the glass, but regained his composure, slipped into the room, and attempted to make conversation with the skittering woman thing, which always kept its back against the wall and stayed on the opposite side of the room as Jackson. As Jackson moved around the room, it moved around the opposite way. Jackson found himself at the doorway that would lead further into the house, and when he did that, it placed the skittering woman thing on the front wall, and it skittered up and out the window and disappeared into the hedge stuff in the backyard. Good job. Uh, Jackson did some other searching around in the house, uh, found a weird uh, cabinet in a lab-looking place that had, like, surgical instruments uh, and a small refrigerated section where it appeared there were small human body parts, like tendons and nerve endings being preserved uh, in there. Uh, not much else found in the house, though. One closet did, when he opened it, have an overwhelming stench in, in it, um, and figuring you better, you know, leave well enough alone, and the fact that there was a scaring woman thing out through the neighborhood, out he came and he did a quick search for the woman thing, was able to track that it went into the bushes and towards the back of the property and has disappeared. Uh, back to the house you went, um, and you heard sirens. And after a few minutes, the pounding on the door uh, and the identification of Arkham Police, we need to talk to you. Yes. So, here we are. <clears throat> so, Monday morning, Mr. Corbett has gone off to work, and the police are at your front door. They have banged. What shall you do? I will go to the front door and do that thing. Where you open the door enough to slide your body through and kind of pull the door shut behind you so you're on your front stoop. Um, yes, officer, what can I do for you? Uh, hello, ma'am. Uh, officer O'Malley, this is uh, this is my trainee, uh, Jones. Pleasure, Alice Green. Yeah, yes, Miss Green. Um, look, we've uh, been dispatched to the area. Some reports of some strange creature uh, roaming around. Um, some really odd reports, but uh, what we're probably looking at is some kind of rabbit or feral cat in the neighborhood, but uh, sufficiently uh, enough reports that we've got to come out here and, and take a look. So we just ask you know, that, you know, if you see anything that uh, you call the call the station, it might be a good idea, to, you know. If this is something rabbit or feral, that you know, maybe you stay inside for for a couple hours and let us get a handle on that. So we're just going door to door and, uh, and letting you. You guys haven't seen anything like that, have you? 
Um, no, I, I can't say we have. Has it been sited on this street or one of the neighboring streets? Uh, well, so it's actually one street over, and he, he points in the direction of Corbett's house. Behind Corbett's house. One street over that way, but uh, the first report said that they believed it came from this direction. So uh, yeah. Okay, well, um, certainly if, if we see something, uh, we will let you all know. Um, I hope you find it. Um, good luck, gentlemen. All right, well, stay safe. John's... Take that house over there. I'm going to hit the one across the street. Thank you. Toodaloo. I'm going to go back inside. <laughs> Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Yes. Sounds very antiquarian. It does. 23-year-old antiquarian. Toodaloo. Um, so I'm going to head back inside and shut the door and like go to Jackson and be like, uh, whatever you let out is now terrorizing the streets. Um <clears throat> I think we have some sort of a moral obligation here to maybe go deal with this this thing. Um, they said the reports are coming from the next street over behind Corbett's house, so maybe we find a reason to be over that way. Um, we could take a little drive. Yeah, just um, try to see if we can't hunt this thing down a little bit and <clears throat> deal with it. Yeah. So... I guess we'll probably uh, grab our various firearms and load up into Jackson's car and take an afternoon drive around the block. Because it's a thing you do. But the first turn, I would like to attempt to drift. Not possible in okay, that car. So let's, uh, let's take this thing one step at a time. There's a handbrake, right? Various firearms. Every firearm you own is not packed up in there because you own, I own a, a 22 rifle and a small 32 handgun, I believe. Jackson's got like a 38 revolver, a 38 automatic, and a shotgun. I don't know what he's bringing. I'm bringing my rifle in. I don't think I actually owned. I had one gun. And then you took the sheriff's gun. I, I had a shotgun, took the sheriff's gun, took Shaughnessy's gun, and that's the one she has okay. now. So you just have the sheriff's thirty-eight revolver in and your, the 12 gauge. your 12 gauge shotgun. You have a twenty-two rifle squirrel shooter. And a thirty-two auto handgun. So are you planning on taking all of that with you? I was going to put the <laughs> rifle in the in the car and keep the, the You're taking shotgun handgun with and me. handgun? All right, loaded for bear. I mean, or skittering. Woman. If she really looks like how he described it, with just two arms for ears and a leg, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making every attempt to shoot that thing in the face. <laughs> Center mass. <laughs> Their only mass. <laughs> okay, so then you got you load up your car. Um, probably not even making any attempt to, to hide these weapons. 1920s, seeing the guy a guy put a shotgun and a he woman put a 22 in the back of the car. Probably doesn't bat an eye anywhere. He should have offered to help the police. Like, he's a cowboy. Like, shooting varmints is his thing. Varmints. <laughs> so you go out and you get into your car. Tell us about your car. You know, Tell and the downtime between the last scenario and this one. What kind of car did you pick up? I had it, like, picked out and everything, like, when I told you that. And I forget, it's a 1922 base state convertible. Hold convertible. On. It was top made up top in Massachusetts. Down top down. Top down. All right. So, 
Off you go down down the road, and just before getting to the uh, the turn, uh, mm -hmm. much to Alice's dismay, you goose the accelerator a little bit, yank the wheel, grab the uh, emergency brake, and pull up on it, trying to uh, to spin it into or send it into a little bit of a slide around the corner. So, give me a a, a hard drive skill. <laughs> Like, I don't know a whole lot about 1922 cars, but I can tell you that the likelihood of them thin little ass wheels drifting and not just snapping off is slim. Yeah. So it was a failure. Lucky it wasn't a fumble because she just told me what I could have done on a fumble. Snaps the drivetrain. So, um, Thanks, boo. So basically you weren't able to get the car to drift. Um, <laughs> probably what happens is you oversteered a little bit, and so you're going to have to like yank the wheel back the other way um, to get it straight. And so you have a really crazy look, look and for anybody watching wonders how long you had. Unless you'd like to like spend 43 luck points to make that work, or push the roll well we do have a suggestion from the audience mm. what would i need to roll to drift the revolver <laughs> um yeah <laughs> based on the whole cat steak scenario <laughs> we're not doing you're not roll. playing that game <laughs> because you'll make the freaking roll and i have to deal with it so there are there is no revolver drifting i think it would be sleight of hand <laughs> Really, because I could use some uh, handgun <laughs> checking off here. No. Okay. All right, Sorry. so you turn the corner, you go down, you turn on the next corner. Um, you see several police officers going around, like, looking through bushes, checking into backyards. Um, but you don't see the creature. Is there a line from... Corbett's to a yard. Like, in my head, I'd like to say, okay, it's going this direction. Hmm. So, you want to uh, pull up the roll 20, and there's the, the what it looks like on, on your street, right? And there's Corbett's house, and you see he's got nice hedge uh, trees separate his property, but behind his property, there's some pretty dense uh, vegetation. Uh, so you were able to track it back into there. Um, but as far as on this one street overseeing, you know, that's probably where it came out. I mean, impossible to tell. Like, I'm not trying to track it, like, do a track roll. Mm -hmm. But is this like a straight line from there or is it to one side or the other? Is what a straight line? The yard that the police are in behind. Oh, they're in several yards along this back okay. this other road. Um, there are several police cars, some guys on foot, um, guiding their search. But yeah, they're they're looking under porches, into bushes and trees. They're just they're covering the whole area. Um, make me a an intelligence or a no roll. Both of us. Just Jackson. You didn't see the thing. Yeah. It's fair. Success on intelligence. So based on the way it was acting when you were in there, so skittish with just you around, do you think the odds of actually seeing this thing right now are really slim because there are so many people out looking for it that it is probably, you know, squirreled away somewhere. It's not going to be just out walking around and you go, oh, there it is, right? It is 
probably dug itself a little hole or hiding in some bushes in the deep forest and stuff till there's not so many people around. Somebody's going to go out to their doghouse to get their dog and be really surprised. <laughs> when you saw it, it seemed to have no desire to interact with you, right? It, it didn't. It appeared you, it was more threatened by you than you would have been of it. So it's probably around like 11 or noon ish right now, right? So, Alice, I, I'm pretty sure this little whatever the heck it was, it's holed up somewhere. It's, it's probably not going to be in a spot where we can find it. Why don't we mosey on over to the library at the Miskatonic University? See what we can look up about what we've found out. We could definitely do that. I had a thought, though. Um, what if what if a child, like, playing on the sidewalk had accidentally kicked a ball and it hit the basement window of Mr. Corbett's house and broke the window? And us sitting in our parlor happened to notice this thing skittered out. And then police show and all this stuff. We should probably let Mr. Corbett know that something came out of his basement. Well, eventually, yeah, but he gets home around five o'clock every day. But I know where he works. If this thing's dangerous, I'm just saying, you know, this hypothetical child that probably broke his basement window. You know. So you would know this. Jackson would know this between, you know, your hypothetical scenario. Jackson knows that he didn't break out the window, that it's his open. headbutt put a crack in the window, but but the window pane was still intact, right. just like a crack running through. So if you were going to sell that story, you'd probably go have to have to go break that window out. Yeah, I figure we've already done the breaking and entering. We did less of the breaking. We could just tidy that up, well, you know. <laughs> you need more breaking and less entering yeah. is what you were suggesting. More, more breaking. Um, but, but so we could for that to, the, to know, you would know and could probably respond to her that the window would have to be more broken than it already is for that story to sell. This might be a weird question. Probably. From you? Never. <laughs> would I be able to think on what she has said and what I know and possibly leverage my meager knowledge of a cult or Cthulhu mythos? <laughs> To decide whether or not I thought this was a dangerous creature. Anything to check off the skill box. Right. <laughs> that, I mean, that, was, that was like the most blatant play for, can I roll this? <laughs> well, I did remember like in between sessions. Oh, no, yeah. I probably should have been rolling Cthulhu Mythos now that I have it on half the shit I've been seeing. But, but you didn't. Uh, um, so <coughs> just mechanically, right? Cthulhu Mythos rolls are... Um, really, if you run into like a mythos book, right, with spells and stuff on Tones it, it's going to work there. And when you're dealing with actual mythos entities like outer gods and great old ones and stuff, it's going to work there. If it's like um, some cultists did a thing and you're looking at that thing, a cult probably works more. You know, if it's 
not this an actual mythos cult. creature or something like that. Um, this doesn't fit into the. Uh, I just it was I thought about that distinction a couple of days ago, and so you just gave me an opportunity to tell you and everybody who's watching, you know, about that. Right. So just because something is weird, a mythos role may not be the appropriate one. It has to be directly tied to the mythos for it to work. A cult would probably right. work there. You could do an occult role there if you wanted. Um, you could even do a natural world role. Let me see which one I have a better... Yeah, occult it is. Occult <laughs> <laughs> it I is. I still can't believe that the, uh, the cowboy bootlegger... Cowboy... But so little points in natural world. Yeah. To be fair, like we had the one character we made with the points by, and the one that we rolled, and I probably should have taken the primary character to be the points by one because I rolled like shit, <laughs> and my education is super but low. You just which love meant, the concept of this character. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So. Uh, um, so nothing about what you saw triggers any occult knowledge or, or memories, right? Um, you do know from looking at it that it looked like those body parts were attached to it. Not that this creature was just naturally like this. It's some constructed abomination. Um, but as far as the, uh, you, you know... You asked, you know, would, is it would, dangerous? Yeah, um, I think you probably believe that the danger lies not so much from it as in the world's reaction to it, based on how scared it was of you. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> probably not. But if there's a bunch of yahoos who you know grabbing their torches and go on an ogre hunt because of this thing, you know. With guns and whatnot, somebody's going to do something stupid. You mean like us, <laughs> who grabbed all oh, of our yeah, guns? I'm sorry. What were you guys doing? Again? Did you bring the torches? I forgot the torches. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> um. So, I mean, we can go to the library and see if we can figure out. But you know, you might be right. We may need to go let him know. He may have a good idea, but I would fathom that his first idea is going to be that. The person looking for cat steak in the bushes might have had something to do with this, so maybe you should go do that alone. Yeah, so I was going to ask you for an idea, Rova, but since you just came up with that mm -hmm. right there, I think you would probably add on to that, that maybe you guys ought to find out a little bit more about him yeah. before you just go in there and and tell him this stuff. You know, It's true. What would be a way that we could find out more about Mr. Corbett? So we know about his schedule. We know a little bit about his work. We could go snoop around his work. Maybe go to the library and see, like, about his wife. Because I don't really remember much about her or how she died. And Possibly to the courthouse <clears throat> and look for records on his business. We don't know what he's an exporter, importer of. Yeah, so we could probably. And I have probably some friends who work with the export-import just through the university, the museum. So I might have some connections that would have some intel on him on a more 
business-like level? You know, I know a big guy who's really big on rare things in the area who we may be able to go talk to. That's true. We do know a guy. And he kind of... He likes odd things. We may not be uh, having him in our debt, but... We have a working relationship. We could go down to see Mr... Abner Wick. Abner Wick. Thank you, because I had no idea. Was... Would you be visiting him at home or at his place of business? Probably his place of business. And the name of that business? Uh, it's a... Um... Untinkled trifles. Untested... Correct. Close. Unconsidered. Dang, so close. Untinkled. Untinkled trifles. That does sound like something he would name it, though. Yeah, so, right, you guys got plenty of uh, areas of uh, opportunity um, to do some investigation, and don't forget your good friend, uh, Rick, Rick Stevens. Stevens. You could always ask him for Why advice. Why don't we go to our house, my house, not our house, I, my apologies, so presumptuous, <laughs> um, and give Take Rick a call. A, Freudian a little Freudian just find out that Alice is falling for Jackson. Oh, God. Um. Yeah. No. No offense to John, but like we're married in real life, and I don't know that I want my my fantasy characters to also be married to him because he's such a jackass half the time. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. No, don't act like that. That's a marriage counseling role. <laughs> <laughs> Psychology. Um, I'm going to need you to make fast that talk. A, I'm going to make you need you to make that with a penalty roll. <laughs> penalty dash. Um, we can go give Rick a call, see if he knows anything, and he might be able to tell us, you know, one way or another, and then decide from there if we want to go see Abner and see if maybe he can shed on some light on maybe you know things that he knows that are odd that we need to check out because knowing you know. We could go to the library, we could go to the courthouse, we could go to the business records. Like, that's a lot. Maybe Rick or Abner can help kind of narrow that down to the key, you know, standout points. Well, why don't we go back? You can call Rick, and then after that, if we don't have a better idea, we can... Give Abner a call. Call on Abner. Yeah. So we'll head back to our house, and um, I'm going to call up Rick Stevens, P.I., Okay, so you pick up the phone and you dial uh, Rick's number on the second ring. That's important. The second ring. Rick Stevens, PI. How Time can out. I help you? Time out. You got to do the hat. No, my bad. <laughs> I won't talk to Rick without the hat. <laughs> Rick Stevens, PI. How can I help you? Hey, Rick. It's Alice. Alice, what's up, kid? How's it going? Um, I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. Have you been good? Been well? Yeah, going great. Business is booming. Uh, Marjorie, she just uh, stepped out for a minute, but okay. uh, you know, normally she'd be answering these phones. I'm much too busy a man. Yes, give her my best. Um, it occurs to you the last time it wasn't named Marjorie. This it's like every time secretary. he comes up with a new name for the secretary. <laughs> it's like, note to self, ask Jackson to be Rick's secretary. <laughs> 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 so I... Um, be like so, we're 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 in the middle of a a bit of a situation that you might be able to help us with, Rick. And um, I 
I just need a little bit of, you know, colleague friendly advice. And I'm going to give him the rundown of everything that's been going on and maybe like hand the phone over to Jackson, let Jackson explain what he found, firsthand accounts. Well, before you get to the, the juicy parts, he probably says, hey, you probably got to be careful over there. There's there's rumors and reports going around town of, I don't know, an escaped tiger or something from the zoo terrorizing the neighborhood. So, yeah, I, that would be what I'm calling about. <clears throat> Uh, we may or may not have caused that problem. Uh, and then I'm going to give him the full rundown. All right, so you give him give him the whole rundown. And go, All right, kid. So it sounds like you got a bit of a mystery on your hands, right? So, you know, when you're, when you're trying to figure somebody out, there's two things you, you got to do. You got you to gotta know them and you got to know what they do. Right? So... Figure out everything you can about what this guy is, who he is, what he is, what he does. Right? Check out old newspaper articles. See if he's ever, you know, been in the newspaper. Check police reports. See if he's ever had any kind of, you know, criminal history or things like that. You know, that'll tell you who he is. And what's he doing? Well, he's found the best way to do that is tail a guy for a while. See what he's up to. So that'd be my advice to you. You guys need any help with this? I mean, I'm, I'm slammed with cases, but... Uh, you know, maybe I can hold on a second. I'm sorry, that's Marjorie. I got another call waiting. I'll uh, get back to you guys. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. <laughs> and deadline. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he had yeah. a distinct impression that Rick almost talked himself into suggesting he could be of help, and then realized he didn't want to be. Right, realized like, mm, you know, like I really wish I could be there, but <laughs> yeah, I'm busy right now. Okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, I guess we can. Um, I definitely want to look into something. Something about his wife's death is just—it's—it's it's kind of stuck in my mind. I'd, I'd really like to go pull that up in the library, and it may just be because you know, if you can't remember something, it kind of itches at you. But I just—I want to—I need to see her face and, and get a get that resolved, and maybe we'll find some things about what he's been doing or any police reports, like Rick said. You know. All right. So I think we'll head down to... Let's call Abner before we leave. It'll oh. only take a few minutes. Yeah, we can call Abner. I forgot cell phones aren't a thing. We can't just, like, call him on the way. <laughs> forgot about landlines. <laughs> Note to self, our next campaign must be in modern Cthulhu because we keep talking about things that, that are modern. There. It'd be good to do modern. It would be. <laughs> Your phone gets possessed by a cosmic horror. Just, it writes itself. It's just right there. <laughs> Starts tweeting out. Okay. <clears throat> Make me an app use roll. <laughs> well, you can call Abner while I go get ready. All right, I will. Do I need to make a roll for that? For calling him? <laughs> what? What would you uh, roll? You've got his business card from way back when, yeah. so you know uh, where to call him at. Uh, otherwise, I was going to make you use a library use roll to look him up in the uh, phone book, but um, you've we, got his business card. I do. Um, Let me try the library use before. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stingy little skill the checker. The phone's a little quiet. I think I might, you know, try to tinker with Don't it. Don't you break my phone. <laughs> Okay, ring, ring. Uh, Jackson, it's been so long. I believe the last time we talked, I was I was letting you know how the authorities had had come to certain uh, 
appropriate, if not convenient, um, conclusions about what happened at the uh, the house with the young students and the ropes and the death and all that? I believe that was the last time we talked, Mr. Wick, but I have a different matter. Most convenient resolution to the whole thing when you say. I would say. But we have a matter that's on a different business this time that I thought you might have some particular insight into knowing your line of work. Uh, rare books and antiquities? Rare things. Well, you know, like steak and other kinds of meat. Steaks. Extra rare. Anywho, I just wanted... Reminds me the first time we met. Indeed. We got the surf and turf, I believe. Indubitably. It was wonderful. I needed to ask you about a man named Bernard Corbett. Um, Mr. Corbett. Bernard Corbett. Um, most people in polite society in Arkham are aware of Mr. Corbett. Owns Corbett import and exports. What sort of product does he tend to move around? Whatever is profitable. Um, if he gets a good deal on Persian rugs, he'll bring a bunch in and then sell them. And if he can get a good deal on American... Products and services, you buy a bunch and then send them overseas. It's most import export businesses don't uh, particularly specialize, they just specialize in buying low and selling high. Well, I'm less concerned about what he specializes in and more concerned about if he has any sort of special dealings. If you catch my drift, I am not aware of it. All right. I, I just figured, you know, you get into some far-out things and maybe you had seen him on one of those journeys. Oh, I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, but I can assure you that our paths have never crossed, except on a, maybe at a gala event somewhere. All right. I suppose I will let you go, then. Gotta be hitting that dust trial. <laughs> Please... Don't hesitate to call. I, I won't. <laughs> so fun talking. So before we go, I think I want to go see Miss Harriet, just so we can really round out the voices here. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, Let's go back to that restaurant and see if homegirl's back. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> she hit the road. She She's got on a bus and left town. Yeah, but I think she, like, busted out in, you know, Atlantic City and came back. <laughs> so, Charlie. Or did she moved, you know, up near Boston or something <clears throat> and uh, was currently having a fling with uh, some bureau detective named uh, Evan Stevens. Evan Stevens? Evan oh, Stevens. Okay. Hmm. Well, uh... You want to go to the library, little lady, or you want to go to the courthouse? Um, <clears throat> let's go to the library first, see if we can pull up any old newspapers. Courthouse might be more difficult to get our hands on records. Um, so let's well, see that's what we where can you go for a marriage certificate. Well, yes, but we can find certain other like gene genealogical. I think he just proposed. Uh, I think he wants to. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Even if Alice caught it, she's going to do the same thing. She's going to speed right past it. 
<laughs> He's going to have to try harder than that. <laughs> All right, so not a better library in town than the Orn Library of uh, Miskatonic University. Yes. Um, we don't know to Armitage, do we? We haven't I met him. I don't believe you guys have prequel. met Armitage. You met Dean... Fallon. Dean Fallon. Um, oh, didn't we meet Armitage in the... Uh, that was the prequel. We were different people back then. It's a whole other people. No, you're right. Sorry. I was uh, mm-hmm. reliving memories of my past life. Reincarnation's a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, right so you're at the mm-hmm. Warren Library. Um, what would you like to do? Tell me what it is you're trying to find. I would like to look for newspaper clippings in the obituaries for the approximate time that I remember his wife dying. Okay. Um, so you got this one two ways, right? You can do the research yourself and make a, a library use role and see what you can find. Or if you'd rather, you can try some interpersonal skill like persuade, fast talk, or intimidate and get like one of the uh, grad students that are working in the library to do the research for you. Um, how would you like to do this? Time to intimidate some children. So I Cowboy th- diplomacy <laughs> in the library. I think I would like to try to use library use to see what I can dig up on my own. And if I'm failing, then maybe uh, Jackson's shining personality can help us employ some help. Okay. So, so library use. How... Wow, you burned down the library. <laughs> Epic failure. Yeah, so it's not a fumble. No. Because normally a fumble is 96 to 100. But if your skill is over 50%, only 100 is a fumble. So you didn't ruin this so bad. Um, you could try to push that roll. Um, the result will be... Um, just more time, right? You're going to have to spend more time in here doing this. More of the day is going to get uh, wasted away. Or you could spend 24 luck points for it. I'm not spending the luck points. Do you think we should take some more time and try to look again? Well, if you are wanting to uh, have a heart-to-heart with Mr. Corbett later, we probably should meet him soon after he gets home, around 5-ish. I mean, we have a little bit of time, but... Why don't you see if you can um, find us a bit of help here in the library? There's some interns around. So you can't have any um, passage of time between yes, the role and a pushed role. Yeah. So if you want to push the role, you have to do it now. No, I'm not going to push the role. Um, could you give up on trying to do it myself and offer to get... Or try to get him to find some help uh, because I don't feel as though I can do it. <clears throat> okay. And I don't want to waste the time trying to do it my own. All right. So let's think of how to intimidate these kids in the library real quick. You don't have charm or fast talk or persuade. Fast talk is how we got into the stake situation. I know. <laughs> like a 10. No, fast talk is a five. Charm is a 15. Persuade is a 20. Oh, Intimidate damn. is a 68. And I will be pushing this roll if the need arises. My so, persuade's much higher than yours at a 40. I didn't know. I didn't know. 
You've been wanting to roll shit, so I'm letting you roll. I mean, there's still time if you don't want me to be intimidating so kids in your name. one of those skills, whether it's going to be intimidate or persuade. If it's persuade, you would do it. If it's intimidate, you would do it. But you could work together on that, and then I'll give the roller a bonus die for, you know, double team. <clears throat> I... You want to work with me to intimidate some kids? No. Do you want to work with me to persuade some kids? I mean, I could, but that's still only two forty percent chances compared to the seventy-five you just gave up, or the two sixty-eight we would have for intimidating. All right, let's intimidate some kids. <laughs> let's yell at some kids. All right. So at the uh, at the counter is. Um, I mean, you guys, these two characters have been to the library before, yes. and I believe it was Susie who you knew from previous yes. times or whatever. So she's there. Um, or, um, yeah, I don't think we want to intimidate Susie. Well, I'm just going to ask if she'll there? help. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to talk to her like a person. No, you have baited me into an opportunity to check things off, and now I, I'm going to intimidate a kid whether we need to or not. Go ahead, so, I think you can do intimidation without necessarily being mean and overbearing, right? You could, you know, push the urgent nature of this thing or throw a couple names around like Dean Fallon or whatever so that yeah. they feel like they have to do it without feeling like you put a gun in their face, right? There's levels of intimidation. Don't chase I them. I'm just, you know, you don't have to go straight to right. don't make me break your thumb, Susie. <laughs> for not pushing the rolls, but okay, let, let's talk to Susie. Um, hi, Susie. Are you making the roll or me? You can make the roll. I'm just she's setting it up. I'm just so setting that it up have the for bonus. you. Uh, <laughs> Hello, uh, Alice. Remember, right? Yeah, um, we're looking for a little bit of help. We're we're looking into some doc, trying to find some documents, and I'm having a lot of trouble. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to give us a hand rounding up some documents. I'm really quite busy with the reshelving. Um, well, listen, Susie. I know you got reshelving, but we have been sent here because Dean Fallon has lost his cat. And Warren G. Harding himself wanted to meet that cat when he visits the campus next week. We're all stop. Just Did you do the research? Is Warren G. Harding an appropriate figure for this time era? <laughs> okay, we're just going to say... He was alive okay, in the time it. period. Hold on. We we can do it. <laughs> Why is everything about cats? Right, because now she's going to think, do I need to look in an old newspaper for cat articles? 1921 through 1923. So calling him President Harding would even be appropriate at this point in time. Nice. <laughs> okay. Well, well, boy, that was a... Freaking stake in the bushes, luck for you. <laughs> okay, so uh, really, the the Harding thing doesn't do much for. But when you said the uh, when you said Dean Fallon, her her eyes got big. So okay, so you explained to her that you know you're looking for newspaper articles <clears throat> or whatnot uh, having to do with. Um, 
Or Bernard Corbett or Corbett Import. He may Expert. have been shipping the cat out of the country, which would be a national tragedy. So, um, after a few minutes. Do you want him to roll? Yes. <laughs> Damn it, I almost gave that away for free. With a bonus die. You got an extreme success. <laughs> She's worried about that cat. You don't need to re do the bonus roll. There's not anything you can do better. I could tell from the beginning she was a cat girl. She just had that look. <laughs> that She just has that look. Speaking of cat girls, I'm sorry if you hear our children... I'm not sorry. Deal with it. It's a library. There's there's people walking around talking. Some old librarian going, shh. Why is everything about cats? Like, with you. Do you not like cats? It's not that I don't like cats. It just feels like... Oh, oh. Cat girls may not be, period. Hold on. Googling cat girls. Cat girls are ruining my wife. They're ruining this marriage, too. <laughs> Just putting it out there. In Kenji Miyazawa's 1924 work, I'm not going to try to pronounce that because it would be insulting to Japanese people. Where? But Kenji Miyazawa had a 1924 work that is the first modern-day example of a beautiful cat-eared woman. Sosensuki? Sosensuki no Yaka. Okay, so after a little bit of time, Susie comes back with some stuff. And the first thing she found is a newspaper article from 14 years ago. Uh, Alice, would you like to read that? So I that, uh, would. <clears throat> Jackson can understand Local businessman killed in an accident. It was learned today that Theodore Corbett, owner of Corbett Importers of America, is dead, victim of a tragic accident while vacationing in India. Corbett, while in the company of his son Bernard, died in a fall <clears throat> while the two were traveling through the high mountains of Punjab. According to authorities, the two men were on a hiking trip when they were set upon by a group of bandits known to frequent the area. While being pursued down the mountainside, the elder Corbett apparently lost his footing and fell to his death. His son managed to escape, eventually making it to safety. The elder Corbett's body has not yet been located, and authorities fear that it may be lost, possibly consumed by wild dogs that roam the mountain. Theodore Corbett is survived by his wife, Elaine, and one son, Bernard. At this time, it is, unknown, it is not known if Bernard Corbett will take over management of the family business. Okay, and then she shows you a newspaper or a couple of newspaper articles dated 12 years ago. Obituaries. <clears throat> Corbett, Lynn Ann Myers, age 22, died in... The minute in you read that, you realize, oh, that's right, that was his wife's name. It's Lynn. Um, died in childbirth in her home. A graduate of the Piermont School, Miss Corbett was married to local businessman Bernard Corbett two years ago. Funeral services for both mother and child will be held Saturday afternoon. Miss Corbett, Mrs. Corbett is survived by her parents, Edward and Shirley Myers, and her husband, Bernard Corbett, president of the Corbett 
importers of America. And then nurse hospitalized after accident in patient's home. Professional nurse Smith's Mona Dunlap was admitted to Central Sanitarium yesterday following an accident that took place in a patient's home. Her condition was diagnosed as serious. Ms. Dunlap, hired by Mr. and Mrs. Bernard Corbett to help with Mrs. Mrs. Corbett's uh, confinement, apparently suffered a stroke while attempting to deliver the Corbett's baby unassisted. Mr. Corbett returned from his office Wednesday afternoon to find the nurse find Nurse Dunlap unconscious and his wife and infant son dead due to complications arising from the birth. Doctors at the sanitarium say the woman has yet to regain consciousness and maybe sometime before the full extent of her injuries are known. So we may be, uh, maybe we ought to go check out that sanitarium again. Another dealing with Nurse Cratchit? Do you think you could handle it? Yeah. Hopefully we'll have another improvement session. Before then, and my intimidate will go up a little bit. No, you listen here, woman. <laughs> you know her uh, resistance to intimidate is pretty big. But yeah, she gets out the ruler. Stop it! <laughs> Sorry, Susie. Susie gives us to you. Tell her, tells you that's all she could find, and she's like, "And I, I've really got to get back to the stacks." So. Uh, thank you, Susie. We appreciate it. <clears throat> So, obviously, we'll kind of, like, tuck ourselves away in a corner. So, obviously, there was some kind of, uh, something happened during that birth. I mean, what's the likelihood of a woman having a stroke and mother and child dying of complications during childbirth all in a matter of hours? Like, what? Are, what's the odds? I'm not asking you to actually do I'm the math. I'm not a mathematician, yeah. miss. Yeah. Which I have no mathematics role. Mathematics. <laughs> Um, credit rating. <laughs> um, Make an actuarial role. Actuarial. Accounting. That would be it. There is actually an accounting scale. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> no idea. Oh, I need to get the roller back up for... Um, also, while we're here, we could look more into the business... Look more at the newspaper clippings. What time is it? Let's say it's early afternoon. Um, Let's say one o'clock. Judging from what Susie was pulling, I think she pulled us pretty much anything she had for the Corbett or Corbett Enterprises. It doesn't seem to, there didn't seem to be much more as I was watching her dig. Um, <clears throat> there would have been articles and, you know, Corbett, and uh, you know, acquires this company. Did this or that? Um, well, but but nothing that jumps out is relevant beyond just normal uh, business page stuff. Are you saying we pretty much found all the info on that? Like, we feel like we pretty much found all the info on that. Because well, I'm kind of curious, like. Is there anything indicating maybe he bought up a medical supplies company? I don't know, like in the twenties, if that was still a thing. So there, there are articles, just generally business page stuff about, but but nothing to that extent. But you kind of figured that if you're interested in information like that, that that would probably be kept at the company, and you'd have to 
we'd have to break into the company. It's kind of right up your alley. <laughs> okay. Um, but it might be worth um, talking to this Miss Dunlap. If I mean, if she's still at the sanitarium. It's worth looking into. I'd Were there any pictures of his wife? look and see if there's an obituary for Miss Dunlap here. With your library use. Can I assist her? What's your library use? 20. <laughs> I don't think you can assist me at my 75. Or I, I think it was 20. It might be 10. Yeah, it's 20. So... I'll look to see if I can find an obituary for Miss Dunlap. Go for it. Success. Um, you don't find an obituary for Miss Dunlap, um, but that's not particularly surprising to you. Once folks go into the asylum, there's not right. You know, they usually don't merit an obituary. Right. Sad as that may sound. Well, they were considered less than savory to have, you know, in the public eye. So I think it's better if we maybe just go check out the sanitarium and see if we can find out anything about Ms. Dunlap. And then um, maybe swing by and see if we can watch Mr. Corbett coming home. Sounds good to me, Tell him. Why are you calling me Miss all of a sudden? Miss. Would have made you a missus. <laughs> Turned down his advances. Sped right by it as I recall. I've been letting him sleep on my in my on my couch for months. Even. I even made him a room. Right. Alright, so you guys gonna head to the center? Yeah. We're gonna see if we can find anything about Miss Dunlamp. If you have some prep to do, it is right about the halfway mark. I don't have any prep to do. Um, let's knock out the sanitary visit real quick, and then we'll take a break. Okay. All right, so you go in. Lucky for you, Miss Cratchit works the evening shift, uh -huh. which was the last time you guys came very late at night to the sanitarium. Yeah. Um, Not skeevy in the slightest. But, but the, the person in charge... Um, uh, looks up up the file, sees something, you see a little bit of uh, like uh, discomfort on her face. Mm -hmm. um, but she says, well, the the attending um, physician was here uh, and she runs and goes gets Dr. Jones. Sure, Dr. Jones. I was going to be a little more imaginative. But uh, all I could come up with was gill strap. Gill strap. <laughs> So, Dr. Jones comes out to talk to you. Um, so, <clears throat> let me have a... So, he, he explains to you that, uh, you know, are, are you related to Miss... Um, Dunlap. Dunlap in any way? Um... She's an old family friend, um, and... Your medical records are, are really uh, kind of private. Um. She is my second, third cousin, twice removed by way of marriage to my third uncle. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, Ms. Green, you were saying... Um, yes. 
Yeah, um, so if you would like to use some kind of interpersonal skill, charm, fast talker, persuade, you will not respond to intimidate. Okay. You may use one of those and try to convince him to give you some information. I am going to try to use persuade. Okay. Second, third, cousin, twice removed. Married to his third uncle. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tell him that I am looking into some information for the museum, and she would be a point of contact for something that we are researching. Um, I know her through a friend of the family, but I haven't seen her in, oh, a little over a decade now, and I was hoping that maybe she would be able to assist me with this matter for the museum. <clears throat> so here goes a roll. Hopefully it's a good one. <sighs> Make it with a bonus die for the second, third, fourth, fifth, cousin. 17th cousin, twice removed. Um, no. no. So you can spend 21 luck points, or you could try to push that roll. Um, the results of a pushed roll... Negative results of a push roll. Um, yeah, you probably uh, irritate him a little bit, and he may show you the door quicker than he would have. I'm going to try to push it. Uh, I'm going to name drop some people at the museum, some higher ups, and, you know, tell them that it's very important that we find this information or, you know, whatever. Uh, 46. You can't use luck on push rolls. No. No. Damn it. So, um, I, I, I really wish I could be uh, more help to you, but again, uh, you know, private private records and all that. He hands the file back to the the nurse receptionist, and and he walks away. You know, she has the file. <clears throat> hey. What? I'm gonna uh, do a little business with this lady. I know you got some of them uh, <laughs> magic disappearing skills. It's not that good, but okay. I'm gonna try. So, Jackson, where is the file located at this moment? So when you walk in, in this large foyer, there's a glass in section with a little cutout. And you remember the last time you were here, there's a nurse's station and a little office back there. It is located right there on the other side of the glass in front of nurse and the little name tag says Betty. Okay. I am going to walk to the side closest the door. Of the nurse's station. Is it a door that's like away from the glass cutout? So it's only a couple feet away, right? So you're in this foyer. On the right side is the glass, got a little counter there for, you know, like writing things on or whatever. Glass cutout on the other side of the glass is the nurse. A couple feet down is a door that gets into the area that she's in. 
Okay. And then it opens up into like a common room past that. Back in there, there's hallways and whatnot, and that's where the doctor came from. Just faint. Jackson's going to walk up normally, and when he gets close to the door, he is going to... Oh! Abigail! Abigail, I'm coming to you, and... He's going to fall into the wall and huddle on the ground, trying not to let the nurse see the slight smile on his face. Okay. Um, Faking heart attacks. So is there a performance or anything like that? Mean persuade. Um, It's going to be some kind of soft right, well, skill. If, if you grab your heart and slump up disguise? against the wall, then uh, her nurse stuff kicks in, and you hear her chair squeal across the linoleum floor, and she comes, and the door opens up, and she comes out and says, Sir, sir, are you okay? Um, <clears throat> I, I really need some help. help uh, can you help me? And I'm going to reach up. I'm going to kind of maneuver myself around, like, to where my back's the door. Be like, how do I call for help? How do I call somebody? There's a phone right in there. Okay, I'll, I'll get I'll get help. And I'll go in there and pick up the phone, but not, like, dial anything and try to flip open the file. And so we're not prepared for, for, for medical emergencies here, right? So so good. Call, 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 the, call the hospital, call the police, somebody. Um, most of our doctors are psychiatrists and psychologists. They're not going to... Can I see her right now? You probably saw me come around you. I uh, know. Um, in order to hide your smile from the nurse, <clears throat> you laid in a fetal position facing the other way. And even if you were facing this way, well, there I is Nurse Judy. Well, I rolled arm up now. You, you did. Asked you did say that. So um, give me a spot hit and roll hard because there is starched white skirt between you and a, it's a regular success. It's a regular success, so. That starched white skirt didn't get me hard. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Sorry. But I am going to... Sorry. He's not in the slightest. I'm going to pick up the phone and call out. Okay, I'm going to call somebody. Just just stay with him for a second. I'll, I'll get somebody on the phone and, and call for the, the ambulance. And I will um, so, kind of waywardly talk while I flip through the file. He's got his arm up and she hasn't reached for it yet. So he's just... She's probably trying to put your arm down. Like, sir, don't try to get up. Just Okay, he's just kind of flailing around, looking like a fish, because he knows what fish look like. He's, he's a good fisherman, and he's just kind of flopping around, trying to stall out. Can I can I roll to find out what I see in the file, or do you want to keep rolling your heart time. attack? I thought you were stealing the file. No, I mean, they're going to notice. Well, because if we take the whole file, like, they're going to know we took the file. I just, I don't need to keep it. I just need to peruse it while you keep her busy. It's working. Okay. I think you're just enjoying pretending to have a heart attack over there. <laughs> All right. So you find out. Um, give me a... Uh, I'm going to do library use, right? Because, like, you've got documents and you're trying to scan quickly for pertinent information. It sounds like library use. It for does. A success, 44. Okay. 
Um, so you uh, quickly find out front page of this thing that um, she died six years ago without ever gaining, regaining consciousness. Uh, however, you flip to the next page and you see a, a little um, write up from from the doctor. You know what time you know she died and everything, and and you find out from his little narrative that. She uh, apparently regained consciousness just at the moment of her death and uttered the last words, and he wrote them down. And her last words were, it was awful. It didn't have any arms or legs or hardly a face. It should have died. It should have died along with the other one. And doctor's note after that just attributes it to, you know, years in a coma-like fugue and you know what kind of right. thing has been going on and it's delirious. Okay. I'm going to shut the file and come back out. Um, ah, they they, they, they said that... I'm going to want a st uh, stealth roll from you. Stealth. Not sleight of hand. Um, I'll take sleight of hand. A success. Okay, so as you're finishing up and and you know you that's all you've got time for. There's much more in here you could have read, but you did a quick scan. You got information you thought was relevant, and you close close the thing up. And about the time that you close it down, you turn, you see the nurse turn back at you and says, "Well, is somebody coming or not?" Uh, the the hospital says there's no ambulances available. I'll have to take him ourselves in our car. Can you help me get him to the car? I'll, I'll drive him. It's yeah, it's okay. fine. Hold on, Bruno. Yeah. And then this big orderly oh, comes around oh, the corner. Oh. Looks sickly. <laughs> we'll get and you to the car. Once he sees you come out of the door, he's going to stand up and brush himself off. He's like, man, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just watch out for that red meat. Too much of it all. Too much of it all. Mess you up real bad, but we got this. So those two just stare and look at each other and look at you guys. Bruno shrugs and heads off, and Nurse Betty just dumbfounded. And she turns and goes back inside. You guys uh, can leave the. We'll head to the car. Yep. And I will tell you what I found. So it sounds like maybe there was a, it was a twin birth, and one died and one survived. I mean, no legs, no arms. What makes you think that? Because of what I just told you about the file. What'd you tell me? I opened the file to find that she died six years ago. But just before she died, she regained consciousness and called out. It was horrible. It should have died with the other one. It had no arms and no legs and barely a face. Implying that there was two babies. One died. Two babies. <laughs> one died, and it looks like one survived, but was horribly deformed. But, I mean, that we infer that he put those body parts on that thing. What if that's the other child? Like, no arms, no legs, so he's been finding body parts to rebuild his disfigured child. 
Jackson's going to have a think, and he is going to have a think about whether or not this was the face of somebody who would be about 12 years old. Six years old. Six. Twelve. The nurse she died, died six years She ago. died six years ago. It was 12 years ago. My bad. You were right. I apologize. Idea roll? Yeah. Extreme sixes. The face of the skittering woman thing looked like 30s or 40s. Easy. But it did say it didn't hardly have a face. What if he reconstructed the face? Just like a face off. Stop. <laughs> I don't know how we get through games with him. <laughs> I don't know either. So, uh, you guys spent the first part of the day um, looking for the little skittering woman thing, then decided to call on some old friends for some guidance. I uh, didn't get much out of Abner Wick, though he seemed to enjoy the conversation quite a lot and was... Positively titillated that Jackson had called him. Um, or called over Rick Stevens and said, Hey, if you're trying to find stuff out about people, two avenues you ought to go after. And that is find out everything you can about them um, newspaper, records, archives. And then it's always a good idea to, you know, tell somebody, find, find out what kind of stuff they're doing. Uh, so based on that, you went off to the library. You found some information about mm -hmm. uh, 14 years ago, the death of uh, Bernard Corbett's father, where he had apparently fallen off a cliff or something in, in uh, India. Uh, well, Bernard was there, and apparently he came back and took over the business. After that, a couple of years later, he got married. Uh, his wife apparently died during childbirth. And you learned that the, uh, the nurse who was attending her, the birth in the home, um, apparently suffered a major stroke and was in the sanitarium for many years. And died six years ago, but not before regaining consciousness and making a cryptid, cryptic statement about something being awful and hideous and no arms or legs and hardly a face and it should have died just like the other one. Yes. And uh, so what are you guys going to do? Um, Jackson, <clears throat> I think that we should... Um, We should we should uh, tail Mr. Corbett. A uh, stakeout. A stakeout, which is going to be difficult, given that uh, one of our lovely viewers has banned the spot hidden roll for ten minutes. Oh, that is just so brilliant. <laughs> It's like he somehow in the break thought about, hmm, what would I do? Probably go tail the dude. What will they need to be able to do that spot hidden? Okay, so <laughs> Jerks. I need you guys to not metagame this. No metagame. Your characters need to do what they would do. You guys know that spot hidden is off the table. But uh, so. Yeah, no, I'm down. I got it. Challenge. So have you returned back to your, your place then? 
Mm. Or are you guys going to do some other investigation? If time? we had that conversation in the car, in the car, I imagine before we went back to our place, we would probably go to. See, now he's calling it our place. We would probably go to his work and try to tell him. Okay, so um, just uh, outside of the downtown area is a large warehouse. You see his car parked out there, uh, loading docks, trucks. Um, give me a. Aww. No spot hidden. No rule. spot hidden. <laughs> um, so here's what you can see that is not requiring a spot hidden roll. Um, uh, there's loading docks in the back, couple loading dock doors, trucks that come and go. The very front of it uh, has uh, you know facade and like you can tell the couple or of offices and office space are at the front of the building and enjoying the front windows and everything in the back of the building is probably warehouse space. Uh, his car is parked out in front. It's uh, mid-afternoon. All right. Um, is there any businesses across the street? Yeah. It's uh, across the street. It's, it starts to become more... Um, Shop in downtowny, customer type facing type look. buildings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, so he's like right on the edge of the downtown area. Um, I'm gonna park at one of those businesses mm -hmm. across the street where we can still see his car, and then I'm going to get out and try to put the convertible top up on my convertible. Okay, like you want to put it up, close it. Okay, yeah, you've had the car <clears throat> long enough. You can do that without any kind of skill check. Okay. Mechanical that use. The, that was the most pathetic kind of mechanical use. Right. <laughs> I'm going to check the air pressure in my tires. <laughs> so we're going to try to watch to see when he goes to his car. Okay. Um, right around 5 o'clock. Um, he comes out carrying his briefcase. Uh, you probably saw a couple of employees leave as well. Um, and the whole building goes dark. It appears there is no uh, activity at night there. You know, no second shift or anything like right. that. <clears throat> and he gets in his car and pulls out. Um, yeah, you can give me a spot hidden roll with the building, but... Um, alas, and a lack. You lack the ability to do a spot hit draw. So as far as you can tell is the building is dark and everybody has left. And he, if Miss Harriet is to be believed, is on his way home like clockwork. I imagine the reason we can't do the spot hiddens is because like we stopped and got food. You know, we're in the part of the stakeout where you're eating and you're not really watching. You're just kind of like peripherally paying attention. I think that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> just munching. Oh, <laughs> I got a blintz in my eye. <laughs> I'm going to pull out after him and not right after him, but wait until he makes a turn and then pull out and try to... If possible, spot where he goes. Keep a car or two in between us. Keep the lights off. 
Okay. No headlights. So I want either a stealth roll mm -hmm. or a drive auto roll mm. to uh, see if you're able to tail him without calling notice to yourself. A failure on stealth. Big ol' 87. That's right. He's got to do a, he's going to do a spot hidden contesting that. Um, so, let me find him real quick. There we go. How do we trail somebody, tail somebody without being able to do spot hidden? <laughs> spot hidden, he's in public. He's driving through the public. Spot hidden doesn't. So you see him uh, look up into his rearview mirror one time, and his eyes hold there for a little bit, and so you you kind of like lag back a little bit more, and you wonder, you know, was he just driving normally and checking his mirrors every now and then? But his eyes held there for a second. I'm gonna and make you a wonder turn if you were made. I'm gonna make a turn talk. away from his house. And go like around a block and basically I know the way to his house. I know what would be the probably quickest. So a lot of the way. streets are laid out in a grid like pattern. There are the so between the area that you live in and the university and then the downtown area, there's a river that cuts through town. There are only a couple bridges over that, right? So but other than that bridge there are a thousand different ways you could get to the same right. same location. So, um, just take like a parallel street. Just as long as I end up passing by his house at some point, that I think he should be there. If that's where he was his going, his car is there. All right, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to go back to his office. Okay. What are we doing? We're going to break in to his office. Okay, Jackson. I have a feeling that that was excellently role played. That that's exactly how it looked in the car. We're doing what? <clears throat> All right. So, uh, I don't so you know, there's uh, there's a alleyway that gets back to the back of the thing where you could park on the street out front. Where where are you going to put the car? Tell me what you're doing. We'll put it in the customer. Facing area across the street. Okay. What kind of store is that? Um, so that one's probably like a clothing store, but it's it's a you know think of a city block, right? So there are several different stores along that other the facing across the street, right? And probably one of them's got a little nighttime activity going on. It wouldn't be a bar, right? We're in prohibition and anything like that would probably be back around the back, but. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, a small cafe or something like that. So I'm going to take out my cash money and I'm going to get a five out and be like, since you're uncomfortable, you can go grab yourself a new pair of shoes or something nice. I'm going to roll my eyes and having funded most of our adventures up until this point. <laughs> I'm fine. Let's just go get this done. All right, mm -hmm. I'm gonna put my money back away. How many? How many weeks? How many months did it take before you were comfortable to start spending that ten thousand? Like, 
probably very recently. <laughs> probably started with the car. I was, it probably did. And it probably was a direct result of every time we had to go get a taxi when we were pressed for time and... Like, so mm-hmm. Jackson sat down and said, would I rather get shot by mobsters for having their money or continue to hail a cab? Fucking getting them. I think we all make the same. <laughs> but, but like him, we waited a couple of weeks, right? right. So, okay. I can if deal. If they were going to come kill me, they'd have done it by now. I think I'm good. Technically, there is no Carmody whiskey that is not coming from Declan McBride. So. You did fulfill it just very roundabout yeah. types of way. Um, the logic is sound. I don't think Declan McBride would buy it. <laughs> I agree with that. So, much. <laughs> but okay, so, so uh, yeah. So just here recently, you know, you've been funding everything, but now all of a sudden he's like acting like big money, money bags. I don't think you ever told her that you had ten thousand dollars. I don't McBride, think so either. You? you kind of probably got to wonder. Where did all this money come from? I know he's been working with uh, Rick, but I know for a fact Rick's not doing that much business. <laughs> Rick no longer has a car. <laughs> right. How do you have a car? And he doesn't because I broke his car. car. <laughs> you How do you not have a car? She has the money for it. I don't she like to. Need it. All right. So are you going to stay there? No, I'm going to go with him. Okay. <clears throat> she shuns your five dollars and your suggestion that the little little lady is uh, not up for the task. So tell me about your approach to the building and how you're going about this. Well, it's been over ten minutes and thirty seconds, so <laughs> I'm gonna just be rolling spot hiddens over and over and over and over. All right, so. From across the street, then you're going to kind of case the building out, see what you can see. All right. So give me a spot hit and run. Very well played there. Patrick, that was, you you knew exactly where we were going and you fouled us. I'm going to use the five. Okay. So what you notice is. That was a 69 luck. Nice. Okay, sorry for interrupting. So, um, sitting out, uh, you know, maybe you got yourself a little outdoor table in the, the cafe and having a cup of tea or coffee or whatever. The The sun starts to go down. It's, it's getting dusk time. Um, what you notice is occasionally um, a, a beam of light will pass across the window in you know one of the offices and then a little beam of light will pass across the window in another office. A couple minutes later a little beam of light will pass across the window in another office. And then at one point um you see uh not the very front door to the business but but a side door um a, a single security guard comes out of that and he walks down and kind of walks the back perimeter of the building back where the docks, the loading docks are, and then goes back in the side door. And then you don't see anything for a while. No more. Is the security light. guard um, like a good looking young man or is he like an old fogey? Uh, it's important. It's, it's actually a thing. Um, I'm going to say he's middle aged, a little paunchy. Um, uh, you figure he's either a guy that couldn't get uh, a, a better job or 
is somebody who is retired. Maybe he's upper middle age. He's retired, uh, but needs to supplement his retirement income. Okay. Because uh, Social Security wasn't a thing yet. That's a stab in the dark, like the hardened thing. Right. Who knows? Um, I've got the security guard. You be ready. Okay. So I am going to throw my purse back into the, the truck or car and shut the door. And then I'm going to walk across the street to where the, the security guard is like going around the corner. And I'm going to call out, um, sir, sir, can, can you help me please? And I'm going to start like welling up at the eye. I'm going for the like guy who's old enough to be my dad. Innocent young woman. Not like, you know, flirtatious, but you know. Sympathy right, dad, so no. he takes his flashlight and he says, ma'am, what, what's wrong? What are you doing? It's, it's a, you know, you probably shouldn't be out here by yourself. No, I know, but I was at the cafe outside and this man came by and he, he took my purse and he ran this way. Did you see anybody? And I'm going to start going full ballistic tears. Uh, if you want me to, do, I could do it for you, but I would really rather not. <laughs> you could go tears? I could. <laughs> We're going to save that, but one okay. day I'm going to ask you to do that. <laughs> so I am going to a persuade or fast talk, whichever one you find more appropriate. And because of the quality of the role play there, I'm going to give you a bonus, guys. So I'm going to do persuade. I got a success. Let me get my bonus die. It was still a regular success. Okay. So he's like, oh. Ma'am, I'm I'm sure I really can't go chasing after anybody, but I, but I'd be happy to take you in the office, and you can use the phone to call the police. No, I I saw him go through the back of the lot this way, just where you were heading. You didn't see anybody going that way. And <laughs> is it working on you? <laughs> All right, ma'am, come on. We'll, uh, uh, you stay here. I'll check it out. And okay. He, he goes back to the back. Okay. Um, <laughs> You know, the back area is paved for trucks to come to the loading dock and then past the pavement is a stretch of like uh, grass, weedy area, kind of overgrown, and then, then a fence along the back of the property. So he goes uh, along the back and he starts like shining his light through the fence, seeing if anybody... Needs. And I'm... When I see him going around, I'm going to traipse as stealthily as possible and sticking to dark little spots and hugging buildings try to get to that door real quick. Alright, so his back is turned as he's looking the other way, so stealth roll with a bonus dash. Extreme success. Dude, the uh I am the knight. The building doesn't even know you're there. You don't even know you're there. So you went back to the loading docks? Is that what you said, or to the side door? The side door. Okay. So it is unlocked, because he was expecting to just step right back in inside, um, and he didn't think to lock it when he went off on this night gallant. Uh, didn't expect so to. <laughs> you're able to slip right inside. So I need to navigate this building. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Wonderful. Right? There is a two-story um, tall warehouse right and there are like shipping containers and at the very front of the building there are four offices two on the bottom 
two up top, and there's just this metal staircase that goes up <clears throat> to the two on the top. So no, you don't uh, get there is no, you know, it's not like I, you know, go down the hallway, third door on the right. You know, you walk in, and <coughs> to your left is two ground floor offices, a metal staircase, and two upstairs offices. And to your right is a huge warehouse area with um, shipping containers, boxes, and whatnot. So. I have a player idea. I'm going to see what Jackson thinks. Odd is going to be upstairs because the downstairs offices are probably for customers and associates. So we're going in the bottom. Jackson don't know shit. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, in the bottom uh, offices, uh, one appears to be like a receptionist uh, area. Not that there's a lot of foot traffic for, you know, import-export business. Um, Time club. But probably dealing with vendors and, and uh, suppliers, that kind of stuff. Uh, the other uh, office down there appears to be like a little break room area. Can I listen and see if I hear anybody maybe talking outside yet? Sure, give me a listen room. Probably definitely going to fail it, but just an attempt to wipe my own booty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't know if it's because you can't hear anything, there's nothing to be heard, or that the door's thick and the brick walls, but you're not hearing anything from outside. So I'm going to run upstairs. Okay. See which one looks like Bernard's office. Uh, one office looks to be supplies, like extra paper and pens and cleaning supplies. And the other and the other one appears to be not only appears there's a Bernard Corbett, president, CEO, head Mifwick. Um, <laughs> Mifwick. You know what Mifwick is? No. Motherfucker, what's in charge? Mifwick. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So I'm going to go in. Mm -hmm. Are there windows? Two facing the street. And I'm going to say one that faces the warehouse. Because Mifwick's always got us there to supervise. Right, okay. mm -hmm. So what is in here? So uh, a desk, chair, a bar. A bar? Yeah, you know, he's kind of like a little with a decanter of brandy. And I'm going to pour myself a little glass of something, something real quick. Okay. Um, you pour yourself a glass. Pretty good brandy. I would like to search around on and in the desk, but if the windows are very nearby, I'm going to try to keep my head up out of them. If you know what I mean by that, like, I'm not going to be just standing there with, like, my profile in the window. If there's a window right here, I'm just going to kind of. Yeah, so there there are some some curtains. They're not, like, blackout curtains, and that's why you could see the guard's flashlight through them. But you feel like you're not going to be seen from the street unless you were to light a light in here, in which case your silhouette would probably be visible from out there. I don't want to light a light just yet. Okay. There's a little bit of 
ambient light from the city or moonlight that, that, that streams in, but nothing to backlight you. So you feel pretty comfortable that you can't be seen from, from the road. And I am an elf, so I have dark vision. <laughs> Crossover. Sorry, wrong game. <laughs> Crossover game. <clears throat> so you're going to search this. All right, so you find... Um, Do I need to make a spot hidden before you start? Um, sure. He just wants to after being deprived so many. Uh, sure. <clears throat> well, too, I know how it feels to start giving out information and be like, Wait. oh, I should have made them roll yeah. for that, so... Yeah, I was going to be very generic, and, and so, but you find what appear to be the general ledgers for the business, um, and uh, you can tell that these ledgers contain information about money spent to get things and money received selling things. If you'd like to know more than that, I'm going to need... Uh, an accounting role or an intelligence role. And the inte if you're not going to go accounting, it's going to be a hard intelligence role. So what I'm primarily looking for right now, I want to see if the names of any companies he's interacting with are seemingly medicine-related or like college related because his logic is that these body parts are coming from somewhere mm -hmm. and it's probably coming through this warehouse. So I'm going to roll that intelligence okay. because the accounting was a five anyway. It was a hard success. He did nice. it. What do you need? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So, as you're skimming through these and you're looking for something medically related, um, you do notice as you're looking at this, that at first glance, this appears to be a successful company. As you start flipping through these things, you realize, you know, just doing fast math in your head, that, that as you dig a little deeper, um, it's not as profitable as it used to be, like it's kind of on a downward trend. It's still making money, but it's not as profitable as it used to be. But you find several um, ledger account lines that show a monthly payment to an R. Tomaszewski paid out of petty cash with a notation that says for medical services. Monthly, and you just have to scan a little bit. You know, you 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 say you were specifically looking for medical. So when the word medical services pops up to you, you look at it and you go down, and then you notice this pattern that every month there's this one that says medical services, R. Tomaszewski, medical services, R. Tomaszewski, R. Tomaszewski. All right, what else? Of interest is in here. Have I looked through all the drawers? Yeah, everything else just looks like a normal office shit. No nudie mags. <laughs> no. Uh, 
Okay, I'm a... Vintage Playboys. Open up the centerfold. And there's this naked woman who only has a head. Just <laughs> <laughs> head and some arms. <laughs> so I'm going to go back down. I'm not a tits man. I'm a leg man. <laughs> I get leg singular. I'm going to go back down <laughs> and go to the side door and sort of... You see... Alice Green still looking towards the back of the property and still like clutching her handkerchief and, and acting and but you don't see anybody near her or around her. So what I'd like to do now and I can roll this for you. You can't add a skill. <laughs> I'm going to roll a haul ass, and that was a success. <laughs> You've got a hundred percent on all of it. Yeah. I'm a cowboy, you know, running from the law. Yeah, but I think I'm going to need a uh, penalty diet because he cowboy cheated. Boots. Cowboy boots, like the the. You ever seen a guy in cowboy boots run? <laughs> they can get fast, but it's just this awkward way they got to like you know, gamble. So you don't want to do anything else in here, nothing in the warehouse. You're ready to slip out the door. I can make a cursory look around the warehouse, but from what you've given me so far, it doesn't sound like anything interesting is going on. Um. Well. So what I've given you so far is you walked in, there was a warehouse this way and offices this way, and <coughs> okay. you went that way. So, You're right. I uh, would like don't, to throw that, <coughs> don't throw your shoddy investigation off on my uh, description. The Rick Stevens would bit. be so disappointed. <laughs> All right, give me a spot hit. Hearts or success? All right, so you see a lot of crates just seem mundane and innocent. However... You do notice that there are a couple of small wooden boxes carrying labels from the Indus Valley region of India. And written on chalk over these labels are the words, Attention B. Corbett. I'm going to roll an education to see if I immediately give a correlation between the geographic region of Punjab and India. No idea. So I'm going to give you a bonus dice on that because... Wait, you didn't even say India. You said Indus Valley, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Same. Okay. So, yeah. Um... It doesn't click with you that there could be a connection between this and the Punjab stuff. Um, but you did know that she said the word India, the Punjab region in India back there, and then you see this Indus Valley region. So, but you could, you, you don't have the education to make the connection. But How intelligence wise, you notice there's a similar sound here. How sealed is this box? It looks like you could probably um, get the crates open easily enough. Could I get it open and closed without it looking like it had been open and closed? What would I roll to think about that? 
So, <clears throat> how about a mechanical skill? Because you're dying for it. Me and the chat decided that he has um, spurs of hauling ass. They're plus four to coolness and an auto crit on all hauling ass rolls. Well, it's canon now. It's canon. <laughs> so, I, I don't think I would be able to open it and shut it. And so, that is a critical failure. That's a fumble. No, 96 is a fumble. You did not fumble. I was just thinking anyhow. Right, right. No, I was going to, even a fumble was going to be along those lines. I wasn't going to make you do something that you hadn't said. I'm aware that you said you were just looking at it and trying to to figure it out. Um, So looking at it, you know that you could pry the lid off of this relatively simple little brads or something that are kind of holding it down. But... Getting it back on in a time-sensitive nature, you probably could not make it look like it hadn't been opened. And I've taken, At least that's what you think. Because all you did was think on this roll. It's still possible that you could do it and get it back on. I've taken a good look, and nothing is obviously inside. If you know what I mean, like, I can only see packing materials from the outside. Mm-hmm. All right, but you could lift it up and tell that it is heavier than just the wood of the crate would suggest. Is it cold? No. Is it hot? No, it's whatever the temperature is in here. Because I was in a little refrigeration thing right. in dude's house. I don't think I'm going to try to open it. I feel like that rolls like when you search for traps. It's like, no, I'm not saying there isn't traps. I'm saying as far as you're aware, you're <laughs> there are <right>. none. <laughs> okay. Nothing else in the warehouse. Everything else just looks like your standard import-export business um, things. These only caught your attention because they were smaller crates, the Innis Valley thing, and then it was specifically written B. Corbett. Whereas everything else, the shipping labels indicate Corbett Importer Company of America or whatever he calls it. Yeah. This one has a tension B Corbett on it. Like How it small is it? <coughs> um, in relation to the size of the packages we saw him carrying in the other night. Um. Like the smaller package would have fit in this crate, but the one that looked like a small baseball bat probably wouldn't. I'm trying to think of a... Do you remember when you were in the field and you tried to hide under a crate that you thought was 12 foot by 12 foot by 12 foot, but it was really foot by foot by foot? So let's say it's about the size of a case of liquor. Yeah. Like a suitcase. You know, like it's time to move. Where do you get boxes for moving? You go to the liquor store, you know, all those, that size. It's about what they're. All right. I'm going to go back to the door. Do I need to make another haul ass roll? Uh, are you going to run to the door? I'm going to run once I get to the door. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to open the door again. Is she still looking? Give me a luck roll. Nope. So you get to the door and as you start to open it, you hear the guard go, Miss, uh, I, I really got to get back to my job. I don't see anything there. You look, your best bet is to one, <clears throat> go get somewhere safe, go home. 
uh, and then call the police and let them know about it, and, okay. and, and then we'll get on it. But can you, you can you at least was, walk me to, to to the other side of the road, please? Uh, it's just so dark, ma'am. I can't. What I can do is I can stand here, right here at the corner of the building, and, and watch you go across the street. But I I have duties, um, so he'll go past the door, another ten or fifteen <clears> feet up to the sidewalk in front of the building. He says, I'll stand here and, and watch you get across the street. Okay. I'm going to start walking across the street, and then I'm going to turn back and look at him. And as I turn back, I'm going to let my foot slip, and I'm going to, like, fall to one side and start to get myself back up. Very good. Wow. You're just playing every every poor helpless female. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's what we're doing. So I'm not going to roll to see whether he, he would come help a, a helpless woman. What I want from you is a dexterity roll to pull this off so that it looks like he wasn't intentional. Um, yeah. If you fail this, he's going to be suspicious that why did she just fake fall, you know? Okay. And now that I think about it, I wish the nurse back at the uh, I was thinking about that too. had done that for you. But her her attention were other places, right? She wasn't like scoping you, but he was his eyes were on you at your insistence yes. the whole time. Mm -hmm. It's like now, ma'am, you're you're just being silly. Um uh get yourself up out of the road and and, and go on home now. Okay. So while this is all going on, Jackson, will you be attempting to slink out the door? What am I seeing and hearing? All of that. Did I see and hear all of that? Uh, heard more of it than you saw, right? Because you just cracked the door open, so you saw his body walk up to there. It's probably out of sight now, but you could hear that he's just like 15 feet up and... Um, Apparently, based on the way you're hearing it, projecting his voice across the street, so you can surmise that he is facing that way. You've heard what she said, so you probably got a good idea that he is facing the other way, and she is trying to keep his attention. I'm going to try to dip out and head the opposite side of the building that he's facing. Like go back to the bushes where he was looking for the guy. Okay. Give me a stealth roll um, with a bonus dice, thanks to Alice. Hard success. <laughs> All right, so you're able to slip out of the building. Um, oh, extreme success. Extreme. Success. <laughs> you I am the doggone knight. I'm the knight. <laughs> um, so I, you, before he even gets the, uh, now you just go on home, miss. You are towards the back of the building, able to turn the corner and be at the loading docks or you go towards the fence and the overgrown weeds, but you're out of his sight. When he says, now, ma'am, you just pick yourself up and go on home, he turns around and walks back. Um, you're not sure if Jackson is out yet. Yeah. Because he is the knight. He is. That role was so good. I wouldn't even You didn't him. see him. So... <clears throat> Um, yeah, so I will just very tentatively walk back to the car, trying to see if I see him coming out of anywhere. 
Patrick said, sorry, officer, I couldn't help falling for you. <laughs> Good one, Patrick. I should have done that. Should have shown a little leg. Been like, is this is this what's going to do it? <laughs> so this is just way off the cuff. Give me a sanity check. As far as you're concerned, he's still in the building. And you're about to walk away from Extreme him. success. I have full confidence. Right. Okay, so. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the guard turns, goes, walks back in the door. You hear uh, the the bolt thrown on the door. But you probably don't. You would long gone. Um, Are there hedges to either side? You can walk around the building. Well, on one side is the building. So building, alleyway, the door. Alice. Then it opens up in the back to a paved area. Loading docks. Paved area, a little bit of grass. Fence. Are you mocking me, you son of a bitch? I hold your life in sanity in my hands. In my hands. Darmic and Jalad on the ocean. <laughs> Darmic and Jalad on the Um, You're probably clear to come. You're the knight. <laughs> okay, I'll try to run. Just pops up in Give the truck with me. Like I'm sitting in the truck and all of a sudden he just like poofs into existence in the truck. Just for the, just for the record, um, it doesn't matter how good your skill is, a hundred is always a fumble. So, okay. Just careful throwing your whole ass around. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, uh, you get back up there to the front. I mean, there's no way for him to see this side of the building. There are no windows on this side of the building, right? So when you come from the back, head up valley and up back over to the right. It's not going to be until you pass the front edge of the building that, that windows are, are, are there. And as you pass by and you look over, there's no light in any of those things. You don't see the telltale sign of his uh, his flashlight. So um, you make it back across the street. And, um, so you're getting in your car or are you sitting getting back down the at the uh, um, cafe? No, I'll get well, back in the car. I would have gone back I to the mean, car. Now that I'm thinking about it, I am a little... I could eat. Look, I have made an absolute fool of myself, and I would just really, really like to get out of here. I miss. I'll drive you home. Thank you. And she gets in the back seat. I'm driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys get back to the house's house. Um... Corbett's car is right there. You know, you'd made the trip by and drove by there. Um, uh, as you pull up and you, and you stop uh, and you're getting out, uh, are you bringing your weapons in with you or leaving them in the car? On the way back, I am making a route through where the police were and just kind of looking around the neighborhood to see what I see. Yeah, so... Uh, Everything is quieted down. The police are gone. Apparently, didn't find anything. Um, it looks normal, right? Um, it's getting later, so some of the houses are darker. Maybe one or two lights on in the house. Um, some of them are completely dark because Miss Harriet hit the blue plate special at Morrison's. And <laughs> Uh, really tired, but um, no activity like search going on. Um, and making a spot in room. 
A success. Regular success. Okay, um, you don't see the skittering thing. So when we get back to the house, I'm going to... We can sit down and... I'm going to take my weapons in. Okay. I'm going to leave my weapons in the car for right now. Handgun as well or just the shotgun? Handgun on me. Okay, so you're leaving the shotgun in the car... Got your handgun on you. You've got your twenty-two squirrel shooter and your handgun, and you guys go back in the house. Um, as you go back in the house, give both of you guys give me a spot hidden check. I failed. I also failed. We have grown accustomed to failure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you go in, you sit down in the front room, uh, the evening's winding down, it's been a long Monday, uh, you just glance across the street, um, and you notice that a, uh, a set of, uh, a piece of plywood has been hammered over the broke, the cracked window, um, and for a second, you see the curtain of uh, Corbett's front window open uh, and then close. And a couple of seconds after that, you see his front door swing open wide. The, the, the light from the foyer splashes out onto the, to the yard and he comes stomping out of his house. And that's where we'll stop for the night. Oh, you done fucked up, eh, Aaron? <laughs> Did I? Yeah, he's about to come whoop your ass. Did I? <laughs> yeah, he's about to come whoop your ass, and you left your shotgun in the car. <laughs> so we'll uh, pick up next Sunday, I'm sorry, every Monday at uh, 6 Monday. o'clock. You guys come join us again. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, tonight, yeah. say, please do us a favor and click that little heart button down there and follow us. Maybe the bell to get notifications. We do every Monday at 6, but every now and then we, we do just a pop-up because we felt like it uh, streamed. And we're going to uh, try to do a little week. more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little more pop-ups just to hang out. You can catch this episode starting on Wednesday, Video On Demand on YouTube and all of our previous uh, videos. Um, we've Played through several scenarios. Blackwater Creek was really cool. It was exciting, and Crimson Letters mm-hmm. was uh, a lot of fun. Those are, are out there. You can check them out uh, and to give us the subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe here if you're feeling generous. Yeah. Thanks and for joining us, and uh, we will see you next week. And I appreciate it. It's always very nice also to get likes on YouTube and comments because every little bit of interaction puts us up a little bit more when people are searching for Call of Cthulhu, and it's nice. Yeah, and you can check us out on your favorite podcasting websites and then Twitter and Facebook now, all of it at Percentile Vice, but that's all. You did such a good outro, and we, we tagged on on the end. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's good. I wouldn't catch you and everything, so appreciate yeah. it. Hey, you guys come back and see us next Monday. Yeah, bye. bye. bye.